The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, a girl go shopping. Yeah, Wait, did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is Jobsolete, where we talk about old-timey jobs you just don't see anymore. This week, we're saddling up to go to 1860 to get a job as a Pony Express rider. <laughs> 12 hours a day riding on a horse. Snakes, bears, and cougars, oh my! No drinking and no cussing. That lion, Buffalo Bill Cody. Surprisingly well paid. Sore butts. The text messages of its time. And mail that was almost as important as God. Matt, we've got a really cool guest today. Jim DeFelice has written a ton of bestsellers, including American Sniper, and today we are talking with him about his book, West Like Lightning, which is about the Pony Express. Jim knows so much about the Pony Express. He actually traveled the route of the Pony Express while researching for this book. Pretty incredible. So, Helen, uh, what do you know about the Pony Express? Um, I feel like the Pony Express, okay, it's something to do with delivering mail. There were definitely horses involved. There may or may not have been a Kevin Costner movie about it. <laughs> I, I, I think that's I think that's pretty much all I know about the Pony Express. Okay. Yeah, and I just got done watching the entire series of Futurama over the past few years. Uh and there business is planet express and so that's just the pony express of you know the a thousand years into the future yeah 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 (laughs) okay so the pony express was a mail service delivering mostly messages and newspapers uh, using horse mounted riders it only operated for a year and a half april 3rd 1860 was when it started to october 26th 1861 so a very short-lived business that's, but, pretty, that's pretty impressive that it was only that short of a time, and yet we still know about it today. 
Yeah, I would say most people have at least heard of the Pony Express today. So it does have this legend around it, and that's mostly because of kind of uh, it became part of the the myth of the the American West afterward. But let's take a look at mail before the Pony Express. Before the Pony Express existed, if you sent a letter from, let's say, New York to San Francisco, it would have taken six to nine months to get there because most likely it would have traveled by sea. It would have gone south to Panama, where it would then cross by land and then be picked up by another ship. Or possibly it would go all the way down past Argentina and then back up. And then uh, miraculously, six or seven months later, it would uh, show up somewhere in California. There was another way by using stagecoaches, but uh, whether it would successfully arrive there was not necessarily uh, what you would hope for. So the Pony Express was basically the era's text messaging system, but uh, it took 10 days to get something, but there was a vast improvement over the months it would have taken before the pony uh, started riding. Wow. I mean, nine months. So if you're, if you have a newspaper subscription, (laughs) (laughs) you're like, I wonder what was happening in the world nine months ago. (laughs) Well, if you had a lot of money and you really wanted your stuff to get across the continent, you could get it there in maybe a month or two if you were lucky and you had enough money, but... Yeah, most people weren't getting mail very quickly. Wow. I mean, if you were getting if you were getting any sort of check in the mail, <laughs> the check would expire before it even got to you. It wouldn't be very big anyway. It'd be like 25 cents. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, I could see why if the mail is taking that long to get to you, yeah, you would need a, you know, th- there needed to be a new business model. So, that's that's when the Pony Express sprang up. Yes. Before we go forward with this, we probably should say that the Pony Express was started by three guys, entrepreneurs, William Russell, William Waddell, and Alexander Majors. We're going to hop into a time machine now and and go back to 1860 and look at this job, these Pony Express riders. What were the qualifications? There is a great poster looking for Pony Express riders and only orphans uh, need apply. The idea being that they wanted brave young men willing to risk their lives and had nothing to lose. That poster is not authentic and that wasn't exactly true. Um, They were very athletic, they were very daring. Supposedly they were good looking, but they weren't orphans. As far as we know, they were all male. They're all roughly around 20 years old, fairly good shape, and it takes a certain personality, especially in in the desert areas, to to go through there. The the riders were very well paid for the time. We have reports of people making up to about $100 a month. So they were very well paid. They were kind of the rock stars of the time. I am hung up on the fact that he said a lot of them were good looking. I knew you would be. Was this like a weird, like, did the guy who was hiring have some weird fetish? (laughs) Like, I could see why you had to be athletic, obviously, if you're riding a horse, like, across the entire, you know, you had to be in shape. But you also had to be hot. Hmm. 
being athletic maybe was uh, presumably what made them <laughs> attractive. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he said that most were the age of 20. I just want to point out that there was a famous uh, 14-year-old Pony Express rider named Billy Tate, who uh, did he was tragically um, killed by um, Native Americans. Wow. So this, I mean, there was this was a dangerous job. I mean, this, that you had to have, uh, I guess that's, that's part of the job description that you need to be brave and you need to be adventurous because mm-hmm. you're kind of, you are going into the literal wild, wild West. I will say that native Americans are actually way down there on the actual threat because by far the biggest threat was probably the weather, the climate and yes, rattlesnakes, bears, wildlife. <laughs> oh my. There were no lions or tigers, but yeah. <laughs> you were listing off dangerous animals, so and it, it, I just I automatically just go, oh my. Yeah, that, it's just a third of those dangerous animals from Wizard of <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. But speaking of of Kansas, it started not too far from where I live in Saint Joseph, Missouri. Today there is a museum there that you can visit. I've been there. Um, And it went all the way through the Rocky Mountains, all the way west through the Sierra Nevada, which was probably the most dangerous portion of the trip to Sacramento. And then there was a final route to San Francisco from there. Through the Sierra Nevada, which I know I'm very familiar with the Sierra Nevada because I'm obsessed with the Donner Party. You definitely didn't want to go there in winter. Otherwise, you would eat each other. But that's a completely that that's kids. That's a different episode. He said that some were paid as much as a hundred dollars a month, which was a lot back then. But uh, I read one account of one writer getting one hundred and twenty-five bucks a month. Keep in mind, this is when most unskilled workers were getting fifteen bucks a month tops. Whoa. To put it in perspective, so yeah, it's a lot of money. But I assume you had to be horsey. I don't know if that's a word. But you had to have skills. <laughs> you had to be a good writer. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Where are you going with this? Okay. Most of the writers didn't weigh over 125 pounds. Like you wanted to be lighter. Um, just kind of like... Uh, jockeys. Horse jockeys today. Yeah. So you're a man who weighs 125 pounds. So you must be really wiry, like very thin. Yes. And kind of small for, for a fully grown man. Definitely. And the, the horses were petite. They were ponies. And these were, these were ponies that were some of the fastest in the country that they went all over the country to find these ponies. They usually came from the area where they rode, which made a lot of sense because they'd know the area and they would know, you know, the shortcuts. Um, one of the dangers is it would be very, very easy to get lost. I mean, there's no real roads. There were generally trails that they would ride on. Uh, but if you wanted to cut a little bit here, cut a little bit there, it really helped to know where those shortcuts were in the dark. Oh, so is this like a relay situation where one person would ride for a part of the trip and then they would pass off the package to the next person who would ride the next part of the trip? Exactly. Yeah. So they'd go oh. approximately 10, 15, 20 miles between these little stations that were along the, the route and they had their knapsack of mail and they would just uh, hand it off, just oh, like oh, see, that makes a lot more sense. I thought it was one person going the entire way, which is that's intense. But it makes much more sense that he's saying 
each leg of the trip was they would hire someone from that area. So they would be familiar with the roads. They would know the terrain. They would get it to their, you know, that that check mark and then pass it off to the next person. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. So they had a knapsack and obviously they needed a horse or you're saying it was a pony. What else did they need? The riders, they're very conscientious about protecting the mochila or the male pouch. There were two rules. Rule number one was the male must go through. The male is more important than the rider, more important than the horse. The male is almost as important as God. And rule number two was see rule number one. Whether they were armed or not is a, kind of a question of debate. Certainly some of them would have been carrying weapons. But the truth is they were on the fastest horses around. So the thing that you would do if you were presented with that sort of danger is, you know, <laughs> say, okay, horse, let's go a little bit faster and get out of here. The pistols were 
kind of expensive, but I would guess that certainly a number of them had it, but that wasn't really issued by the company. Majors, he was so religious that every employee was supposed to receive a small Bible, and we have some of those Bibles now. And um, he would make them swear an oath that they would do a whole bunch of things, mostly not do a bunch of things, including no cussing and no drinking. Now, if you read any of the accounts of life at the Times, uh, they certainly did more than their share of cussing. And I guarantee they were doing a lot of drinking, but they may not have been doing either while he was around. Whoa, this is, that. that is, mm. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got to say about that. It's like, not only do you have to be 125 pounds or less and athletic and in great shape and have good horsemanship, but also dag nabbit, no cussing and no drinking. Yeah, very disciplined. (laughs) Yeah, very disciplined. I mean, do you think that when these guys, when they had their hand on the Bible, maybe the, the other hand was like, fingers crossed behind their back, like, yeah, yeah, no drinking and cussing, no problem. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. So now we're going to look at what a typical day for a Pony Express rider looked like. The Pony Express rider shift would start as soon as he picked up the mochillo from another rider, and he would spend about 12 hours, really, in the saddle as he rode from main station to another main station. And along the way, I might stop maybe six times, you know, a few more, depending on where we are. Someone would be waiting at some outpost with a fresh horse. He would ride up, jump off the horse, grab the saddlebag, throw it on another horse, and, you know, and then ride off. To be honest, it was mostly boring through a lot of the stretch until it wasn't. And when it wasn't, it could be, you know, terrifying. If you're in the Sierras, you could be trying to make your way through 12 feet of snow. When you reached another larger station, you would give the mailbag off to the next rider. Having ridden all that time, you probably were pretty hungry, so you would would get some food, and then uh, you would uh, go to sleep, usually in a barn or sometimes an attic, and you would rest up until the rider came from the other direction, in which case you'd ride back the other way until you arrived at your home station. Ideally, they would have several riders available, but you you could be riding for 12 hours four times a week. It's interesting that the riders often didn't change, but they changed the horses. And honestly, the more I think about this, I think they had a pretty sweet gig. I mean, they got to see the country. They had three to four 12-hour rides a week. Now, some of these these stations were pretty rudimentary. There wasn't much there, like just an old barn. Sometimes, though, they were like really nice parts of military forts. And so there were amenities. And even though it w- was isolated, they still had decent food, you know. It's just it's just way more physical and you need to have a really good butt padding. But I do agree with you. Like if you are an outdoorsy person, um, I mean, it was probably the most beautiful scenery. You know, this was in the early days of the country and everything was unspoiled and so gorgeous. So if you were an outdoorsy person, you probably got to see America at its most wild and most raw and most gorgeous. Yeah, a lot of beautiful, pristine wilderness for sure as well. 
they were on their butt a lot though. That that was okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, ridden, maybe Matt, maybe it wasn't so good. Have you ever ridden a horse? Have you ever ridden a horse? Uh, just like you for like a few minutes at a time, and I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, weren't you like out that everything hurts? And yeah. So like had... my my butt's gonna be feeling that for a week. Yeah, you make a good point. That's a long day. <laughs> I, I'm so interested, Matt, that this that the Pony Express wasn't part of the United States Postal Service and that the Postal Service existed and this was just on top of that, you know, the, the sort of parallel with the Postal Service. Like UPS or FedEx or, yeah, it, it was um, very expensive too. And there were other reasons why they did it other than trying to make money because around the same time we got a, a war a Bruin? Well, there were three different needs. And the one that we remember today was the need for people in the West to communicate with people back East. But there were two other reasons. One was uh, the specifically Northern interests, the power brokers, uh, people with money, wanted to maintain a connection with California because they were literally pulling money out of the ground there. And so they wanted to, to have some way of keeping in touch with that part of the country, especially since many of them saw a conflict coming with the South. And number three was Russell Majors and Waddell, the three guys who owned the company. The Pony Express was intended as a loss leader, really. It was a kind of a smaller service, even though it was a very important service. Its real goal was to get them a much larger contract from the federal government to deliver mail and also to get publicity for themselves. It was never the only thing that they were going to do. It became the thing that they were famous for, but they didn't see it as something that would last 10 years. And quite honestly, I think they'd be surprised that we're still talking about it today. Hmm. So we're talking about like pre-Civil War era. Yeah, it was it was started the year before the Civil War started, and it, it continued in that those first few months of the of the American Civil War. California was kind of isolated. I mean, there was a lot of wealth there, um, a lot of investment. But between California and say St. Joseph, Missouri, there wasn't much settlement, and that's where the Pony Express comes in. Linking the country during a time where it was very critical that they're linked because there was a race by both sides in the Civil War, the North and the South, to get to the West. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that the Civil War was fought quite a bit in, the, in those, those uh, Western territories. You know, I'm still hung up on the fact that they were allegedly hot, Matt. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were fit and they were athletic and they were some of them were hot uh but were any of them famous yes tired of restless nights meet lisa the sleep experts <sighs> here at lisa we know that good sleep is essential for mental physical and emotional health that's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. 
Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. We had Buffalo Bill. Have you heard of Buffalo Bill? Yes, I have heard of Buffalo Bill. He's a famous, like, Wild West guy. (laughs) Was he a Pony Express rider? He was. Well, I have to say that anybody who was anybody in the West at the time had some sort of connection with the Pony Express, even while Bill Hillcock worked for the, the company at the time. But my absolute favorite was Buffalo Bill Cody. Cody is the most famous... Pony Express rider who actually never was part of the Pony Express. What? Although he claimed to have ridden for the Pony, I think we were pretty sure that he didn't. However, uh, what he did do, long after the Pony's demise, Cody had the Wild West show. The Wild West show was enormously popular. And uh, just about every Wild West show would start with a little vignette featuring the exploits of the Pony Express riders who generally would be chased by either bandits or Native Americans or hopefully both. Buffalo Bill did more to popularize the romantic nature of the Pony Express than any single person. So he's absolutely my favorite Pony Express person. Even if he didn't ride. I'm shaking up here. I like I had shook? no idea. He, I, I, I had no idea he made it up. Like this is breaking news to me. What the heck? <laughs> I feel so deceived right now. Whoa, Buffalo Bill Cody was a lying liar who lied. So he wasn't even in the Pony Express, but he just made up this these crazy stories and made it like a fantasy in his like show. And people were like, "Whoa, that's so cool." He may be the reason why we're even talking about the Pony Express today. This one guy here, because of these grand tales and 
turning it into this big show. <laughs> this sounds pretty cool. It sounds like this was a much faster way to get your mail than the United States Postal Service, which would take like nine months, we learned. And it sounds like it was a great job for the people who did it. So why did it only last for a year and a half? Well, the reason might surprise you. Well, you know, success is a funny thing. One of the things that they wanted to do was to get a big contract from the federal government. And they did get a contract, though, at best, half of what they had hoped for. They certainly got a lot of publicity, which they wanted to do. But given the fact that the only way that they were able to survive for as long as they did was that Russell was mm, kiting checks and cashing bonds that belonged to the government but not to him, I don't know that we can actually call him very successful, especially since he was arrested for doing that. At that point, the company was in so much financial trouble, not just because of the Pony Express, although the Pony was losing money from day one, that they just kind of went downhill very quickly. In Russell's defense, and I'm probably one of the only people to defend him, but in his mind, when he was spending the money, the money was going into the company. Uh, there just wasn't enough of it. He was living pretty large, but he wasn't necessarily lining his pockets with a, with money. So it launched in April 1860, and the very last ride was in October 1861. And by that time, the service had dwindled down and been taken over by Wells Fargo. So it was a pretty short ride. What did you think was the obvious reason why the Pony Express didn't last very long? If you're paying all of your riders a hundred bucks and the average wage of that time was 15 bucks, mm -hmm. that's you, you're paying quite a lot in um, salaries to your employees. Horses today and at the time were not cheap. So I, there's probably a lot of operating budget as well that maybe like, like, I don't know who had enough money to pay the Pony Express an outrageous amount of money to get something from A to B in 10 days. Yeah, and the most important thing to get out there fast, get out there quickly, was messages, you know, important messages. So he mentioned at the beginning, well, it was like text messaging, but in 1860. So the invention, of course, of the telegraph had made messaging long distances quite easier for oh. many years. Yeah, so that was the... But see... It, that there was no transcontinental telegraph um, before the Pony Express. They they were building that when the Pony Express was in, in oh, operation. Had the Pony Express started maybe even 10 years earlier, they would have had a flourishing business because that would be the only way to get a message across quickly. But it's like you start your business and then suddenly a year later, the telegraph, surprise! And they're like, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> like it just so happens that 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 first transcontinental telegraph between the east and the west coast was completed in October 1861 oh, so a couple days wow. before the last pony express ride so yeah before the transcontinental telegraph over 35,000 letters were delivered by the pony express so it was really vital for that year and a half to connect California with the rest of the United States. But there are definitely other reasons why we still think about the Pony Express today. 
there's kind of this romance of the West that the Pony Express really embodies. Even doing the research on the Pony Express, there's so many cool stories. The truth is, a lot of the stories are not true. But you know what? That's really part of the attraction. I mean, the stories that we tell ourselves are supposed to be entertaining. And they also remind us of what our bedrock principles are. You know, we can persevere against hard times, whether it's blizzards or tornadoes or the hot sun in the desert or viruses that you know kill hundreds of thousands of people. We can persevere, and that's one of the things that the Pony Express reminds us of. That is really cool. I mean, I I can I I'm trying to picture what it would be like to be on the receiving end of a letter from the Pony Express. You think about what that message had to go through to get to you. You know, it traveled on horseback for almost 2,000 miles, multiple people relaying, crossing over vast expanses of like nothing. It's crossed over the Sierra Mountains. Whereas today, you get a package from Amazon, you get a package from, you know, and it's like from China, it's like, it rode a boat and then it got on a plane and then it got on a truck and here it is. I know this sounds a little cliche, but like it kind of symbolizes part of this individualism that has been pervasive in American culture since the early days of, of the country. Few occupations are as individualistic as Pony Express riders, I would think. They are out there on their own. Oh, yeah. It's not like your boss can even check in with you. Yeah. So they were drinking, <laughs> weren't they? <laughs> yeah, surely they, they were. were. Probably, they were probably drinking and cussing and the whole thing. Thanks to our expert, who's a number one New York Times bestselling author, by the way, Jim DeFelice, who wrote the book West Like Lightning. And tell us what you think about this episode. Also, if any of you have ridden a horse for like 12 hours at a time, let us know how it felt and what it did to your butt. Don't get graphic or anything. Come on. Let us know on Twitter at JobsoletePod. Also, rate and review us. Jobsolete is produced for iHeartRadio by Zealots Manufacturing Hand Forge Podcast for you. It's hosted by us, Helen Hong, that's me, and Matt Beat. That's me. The show was conceived and produced by Steve Zamarki, Anthony Savini, and Jason Elliott. Our editor is Tommy Nickel. Our researcher is Amelia Polka. Our production coordinator is Angie Jaimez. And theme music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. A special thanks to our iHeartRadio team, Katrina Norvell, Nikki Etor, Ali Cantor, Carrie Lieberman, Will Pearson, Connell Byrne, and Bob Pittman. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. 
It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.